Good morning, listeners. This is Agnes Drew with Mercury, a broadcast of hope. This is day 111 since we began broadcasting. We had a guest drop by the station yesterday with a story. As is our practice, when he left, we gave him a book to take with him, a copy of Aesop's Fables. Thanks, James. Safe travels, and we hope to see you in the area again. I was a cop before. I think that's the only way I've survived. I am trained to stay calm in danger and think on my feet. I take the unexpected in stride and continue to do my job, whatever that may be in the moment. Some people had never known horror before the world turned upside down, and my profession has helped me feel as prepared for this as anyone could. I have no family to miss, just an ex-wife and the memory of the stillborn son that broke our marriage in two. I've been wandering since the outbreak. Mostly alone, though sometimes I will find a group of survivors who are heading in the same direction, and we will travel together for a while. This story is from early in my journey, just weeks after the outbreak. It was late summer, a good time to be on the move. I had found a barn to spend the night in. There was a main house on the property I was crossing through, but it was at the top of the hill and closer to the main roads than I wanted to be. The nights were still warm, and the barn would be just fine. The next morning, I set out late. I normally try to be up with the dawn. Traveling in the dark is dangerous, but I'm not one to waste daylight. But that night, I slept deeply and soundly, and the sun was beginning its climb by the time I laced up my boots and left the barn. I might not have seen it if I had left earlier. A pond on the property lay to my right as I crossed the field. In the soft glow of morning, it might have looked more like a pile of rocks, still as it was. But in the brilliant light of day, I saw a body at the edge of the water. I approached. No zombie could be that still. It was either someone I could help, or someone beyond my help. But either way, I felt no fear as I drew closer. It was the body of a young man, one who had died a zombie. It was just lying there. Its face, his face staring up at the sky with unseeing eyes. I could tell it had been turned before somebody dispatched it. This wasn't the corpse of a murder victim or the work of another zombie. The body had once been human, but it hadn't been on the day his skull had been blown out the back. But once it died, had it become human again? It wasn't all too different from the dead humans I had seen. What is human? Does this disease change us in so great a way that we are no longer part of our species? Is our DNA altered? Do we become something else? I know we lose our consciousness, our personality, our unique humanity in a spiritual sense. But what about our bodies? Are the monsters out there humans who have been lost to a sickness, one that gives them the power to defeat death but robs them of their minds? Or are they something else? Just as the tiger is not a house cat, though they share much between them. Does it really matter? What was the body in front of me once it had died for the final time? Human? Or zombie? I didn't know. I don't imagine I'll ever know, unless we reach a new level of understanding this disease and that knowledge even makes its way to me. But I want to believe that the face of this young man was a human one. 
that his brown eyes still remembered how it felt to look upon someone that he loved, that his hands knew how to hold the hands of another. I want to believe that the body holds on, somehow, some way, even if the mind does not. And so I buried him. I went back to the barn and found a shovel and dug a hole beneath a tree. I moved the body, carrying it in my arms, cradling him like a child, like my own child, and laid him in the ground. After I filled the hole, I stood beside it, watching the leaves of the tree sway in the breeze. A calm washed over me like I hadn't felt since the epidemic began. I said no prayers, no epitaphs. I let the quiet speak for me. I didn't know this young man. I knew no way to honor who he had been, aside from laying him to rest. Eventually, I simply walked away, leaving him to the tree and the sounds of the birds. I have come across many dead, and this is the only one I have buried. Most often, I am too focused on trying to survive, on reaching my destination. Sometimes, as I pass, I look for a tree. It does me good to think that there is one around to watch over them. I know the boy I buried is becoming earth again. There in the field, his flesh is breaking down and becoming one with the soil. In the spring, new blades of grass will sprout on the bare earth that marks his resting place. The flowers will bloom again. From death comes life. That's the most important thing to remember in this new world. Spring will return. Life will just keep coming back. Death may be everywhere and it may destroy us as individuals, but life will always be around to make use of what is left. It can never be completely eliminated. Death does not win. It only feeds life and makes it stronger. Maybe that's the way it's meant to be. Life and death are not rivals, but brothers. Two gods passing the world back and forth in an endless cycle of giving to each other. A constant exchange since the beginning of time, and this is nothing new. Life begots death, death begots life, and so on, and so on, forever. The next time you find your heart turn to darkness, look to a tree. See the life in the world and believe in it. It helps. At least, it helps me. I'm Agnes Drew for Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Thank you for listening. Take care of each other.